DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles is going to join us here momentarily. Jazz are coming off a win against the uh, Brooklyn Nets, 118-88. to And the Suns fell to Orlando, so the Jazz are now three games up on the second-place Suns and four up on the Clippers. Uh, like the Jazz, who have to play Memphis back-to-back here Friday and Saturday. The Clippers are playing the Spurs back-to-back. They beat them last night, and they will play them again tonight. Uh, gut instinct, PK. Don't overthink it. Just go with your gut instinct. Are we going to have much drama down the stretch in this race? Is it going to feel like a pennant race with tension? Are we going to get a little separation? You're going to look at the schedule and figure out, well, they're probably going to win 7 out of 10, and that's going to do it. I don't think there's going to be as much tension because everybody goes to the playoffs. We're in baseball. That could be different because I think, as Craig Bolajek just said, the Lakers and Clippers don't really care where they're slotted. Yeah. All right, it is time to welcome in Joe Ingalls. The Joe Ingalls Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. As the longest-serving credit union in Utah, Cypress Credit Union is here to help with all your financial needs. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic... And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) That was nice. So we're all curious after watching you guys dismantle uh, the Brooklyn Nets, or at least the portion of the Nets that played in that game. When you hear all those guys are out, does it lose a little of the edge because you're not going to get to go against some of the best players and the biggest names in the NBA? Or do you have a little conversation with, hey, the guys, like, hey, we can't have what happened with the Rockets happen again. We gotta, we gotta go get this right from the start. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously in the morning we kind of assumed that Harden would be playing. Um, Blake, we probably kind of knew on a back-to-back, but with I think Harden was questionable the night before as well. So we assumed that kind of he would play. So we actually did a fair bit of prep um, for him, obviously being and playing the way he's playing this year. It's, obviously smart that we were preparing for a guy like that, but um, yeah, obviously we, I mean, you don't find out until pretty, kind of pretty close to the game when the kind of final team gets put in. So, um, I mean, it, it's, obviously it was nice to win and whatever, but it's, it is frustrating. I mean, you want to see, obviously they've got some guys with some pretty serious injuries as well, but, but uh, James is obviously not well enough to go, but obviously we would have liked him to, if he could have, just uh, just to have a have a good matchup, prepare against someone like that. We had a kind of a game plan that would have been a good time for us to try and execute something. And um, I think once he was out of the game, it goes a little bit more to like kind of do what we do, do what we normally do, um, play how how we normally play. Obviously, with a like I said, like with a guy like James. You get a game plan a little bit more and do some different things and try and make it as tough as you can on him. So, um, the, it, it, I mean, it never came up about 
from the coaches that never came up about Houston, but we, we did talk at half time, um, just the players. Just so we didn't want obviously want that to happen again and that we need to kind of keep our, our foot on the pedal and um, just keep playing the, the way we play. Um, like I said, it was more of a game of us executing defensively, kind of how we normally do, and then obviously offensively, um, a good chance for us to work on our offense of switching, of a team switching one through five, and uh, I think we'll see that more as we go on, and then obviously in the playoffs that happens a lot, so it was a good opportunity for that, um, and obviously we, we came out with a good win, got the, the young guys in there a little bit and stuff as well, so it was good. So there was a stretch earlier this month, Joe, as you know, your team had lost four out of six. And after the fourth loss, you went in the post game and uh, you said, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty close. What do we want here? Do we want to get out of the first round? Do we want to compete to win a title? And it seemed like that was a little bit of a moment of, a, of reckoning with the team. Do you think that, that that was something that really everybody took to heart? Because I thought it was a very pointed message that needed to be said. Um, I guarantee you they didn't read my, uh, or watch my press conference, but, um, I mean, it was a, it was a feeling obviously that we had regardless. I think everyone kind of, um, regardless of who went to media around that time, I, I think it was, it was probably a very similar feeling. I think we just, um, not that we had taken the foot off a little bit, but we, we just weren't playing well and we'd had times in that streak or when we were winning all those games that even when we weren't playing well, we were figuring things out. And some of those games, we just weren't. We weren't adjusting. We weren't offensively playing the way we wanted to play. We weren't getting stops like we, we were defensively. We were giving up offensive rebounds. I'm sure, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure there was a couple of those games that we had a, a high number of turnovers. Um, and it's just, I guess, the my kind of statement on that part from that night would have been in regards of, like, we just... These are the little things that we like. We've talked about a lot. These are the little things we've recognised that, are, like, when we do turn the ball over, we give up offensive rebounds. We're not doing the little things and, and the stuff that has made us such a good team. It, it is clear that we can take a few levels down and, and not play well at all, and then we're at kind of the mercy of whoever we play. Like, we just we put ourselves in positions that we don't need to put ourselves in, and um, I think everybody feels that and like we've all played long enough coaches of coach like you can feel there's times in the schedule or whatever it is that you're going to be tired like there's there's just no way around it there's, there's things like that that are just going to be the way it is but um there's a lot of stuff too regardless of how we feel out there that we can still we feel like we can still control so um yeah i think just a few of those things were slipping in a little bit and, and i mean it's the truth really like i, I think We've we've shown obviously we're we're a playoff team, not just this year but, but in the past as well. And um, we've had first round exits basically every time. And I think we got swept a couple of times in the second round, or maybe won a game. Um, so it's kind of like draw that line in the sand. Like, do we want to keep doing that, or do we do we want to take that next step and that push forward? And um, we we realise I think every night like. We're going to get a lot of teams' best shots, so we do have to be ready. Uh, but a team like last night, like like you said before with the Houston, like there's young guys, hungry guys, some guys playing for jobs, some guys trying to keep their spot in the rotation, like whatever it is. But 
same as that Houston situation. Like they play really hard. Like that's just a that's one thing I think. Regardless if you are a new guy to the team and you don't know the system, offense, defense, you don't know the guys, um, you, you can play hard. And um, I think in the Houston game we got kind of we got pushed around a little bit and. and um, at times, for sure, they just were, were playing harder than us. So uh, I don't think it might have been a, a little stretch or two in that game, but it was very short, and we were able to capitalise on it. And like I said, just get a good win and, and obviously build on that for for now tomorrow night. So is Mike Conley going to get all fired up to play the Grizzlies here three times in less than a week, or it's the second year now and it was a relatively amicable parting? Everybody, I think, kind of realized where things were trending, so it won't be that big a deal. How does this play out for him? Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Mike emotional really at all, really. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> um, that's probably why he's actually so kind of good at what he does. He, he stays kind of in the moment, doesn't a 10-0 run or a 0-10 to 10 run, he, he stays pretty kind of cool-headed. And um, There's been a couple of times he's... I think there was one time last year after the injuries and stuff like that, and he, and he had a good start, like first quarter that he got pretty pumped up one time. But, um, no, he, he'll be himself. He, like, I mean, it was, it was a very amical party. It wasn't kind of him forcing him out and they weren't forcing him out like either way so um, they obviously uh, I think they felt they knew who they were going to draft and well, they just got rid of basically their whole team I think Mike was the last one out of that group Mark went a few months before that and Mike was kind of the last one till the end of the year so he'll uh, he'll, he'll be ready uh, I think one big difference to last year is just his health he's, he's obviously 100% healthy this year where last year battling kind of that hamstring for, for a lot of the year. So um, being new to our system and our team and that throw the hamstring in there, I think it was it was obviously a bit of a tough year for him. And obviously we've, we, all, we all knew, regardless if you were a Jazz fan or a Memphis fan or a media member, whoever it was, you, we all knew who the real Mike, real Mike was. And um, we've obviously got a hell of a Mike right now. So um, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm sure he'll be excited to play him. He gets to match up with is kind of the guy who I don't want to say replace because that sounds like like he, he he held that franchise pretty pretty strongly together for for 12 years. But the guy who's taken over the point guard now, and so it'll be a, be a good game. They're a, again a young team that are, are, they play extremely hard. They they're, they're playing well and um, be a, a good challenge for us for two nights in a row. I'm wondering, Joe, if you can give us a little behind-the-scenes look regarding Alex Jensen. If he were to leave to take the Utah job, what would that mean for the team? A lot of stuff we don't see, but that you do see. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't even know if he's been into the or if he's getting I'm, I'm assuming he is because he's a youth and he's obviously a hell of a coach. So I would assume that they would be throwing everything they can at him to get him, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't know how that plays out. Um, I've never been in a situation like this, or if it was to happen like that. Um, obviously, just recently, Minnesota hired a head coach from another team, and I'm not sure what Toronto did with who they replaced. I'm not sure where. I'm sure. I'm assuming he was on the front of the bench if he was getting a head coaching position. Um, so I'm not sure what they did with that. Um, Honestly, I, I don't know what would happen. Um, 
I, I and this is like me completely guessing. I would be surprised if Coach was going to bring someone in right away, unless it was someone that was very familiar with with him and our and our team. Um, I think it's hard to bring someone in at like whatever point three quarters of the way through. Um, on the flip side, I I mean selfishly, I hope AJ doesn't leave just because he's a he he is a has been a big part of what we've done over seven years. He's been with Queen um, from the start, um, and yeah, he's been a he's been a big part of it. I I worked out with him my first year. Um, he he's, he obviously works Rudy out. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that um, he's a, a big part of with our group. So obviously, if he if he does get it or he takes it or whatever the situation is, we'd we'd be obviously extremely happy for him. It's a good job he gets to coach the team that he played for and that he the school he went to. Um, gets to stay at home. He doesn't have to move. I'm sure that's a positive. If uh, if that's yeah. something, obviously the head coaching thing is something he's looking to do. Um, I mean, honestly, like I don't know if I don't know. I'm assuming that helps too with NBA head coaching. If you've been a college head coach for two, five, eight years, whatever it is, I'm sure he could always come back to the NBA. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one to answer because I've. I, I've never been. I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure the Jazz have probably never been in this situation. So, um, obviously, they would. I, I'd be surprised. I, I don't think they would ever hold anyone back from um, something that they wanted to do, player or coach or staff member um, or front office or ticket sales or whatever role you've got. I don't think they would ever hold someone back from wanting to move or do something better or have a change. So, we'll obviously we'll have to see how it plays out a little bit. Um, we have joked with him a little bit that he's, if he did get it, if he's going to take like half our staff with him or try <laughs> try and. Uh, I asked him if I could go. On, I might be able to play for him. I've still got four years of eligibility, so I might go play. Um, but now, obviously, if, if that's something he wants to do and he gets a job, then obviously we'll be we'll be supportive of him and we'll figure it out um, when that time comes. So you worked out with him for one year, and he has a great reputation in player development. And I'm curious if you can look back and and say, you know, what did he help you do, either physically or mentally? How how did he talk to you one on one, off to the side at practices and games or in film sessions? What's what's his magic? What does he do in those situations that makes him so good? Because if he wasn't good, uh, let's be honest, they had high hopes for Rudy, and they wouldn't let him work with Rudy for so long if he wasn't so good. So, what does he yeah, do? For sure. Um, I, I think one of his best attributes, and it, like it, it probably sounds a little bit weird, but he's so kind of cool and calm in the situations that, like in a in a a bad run or we're having a about streaky games or whatever it is, he's always very level-headed with, um, I guess, like a wider outlook than... There's obviously things that we have to would have to do and change and do this A, B, and C, but um, very kind of cool, calm, and collected in, in situations like that. Um, with me personally, I, I, I think for me, it was a, probably a really good fit my first year. He had played in Europe, where I'd just obviously come from, um, again, that like I said, his personality and stuff was was like I still get along with him very well now. Um, he probably was super disappointed that he had to work out with me my first year because I was just a <laughs> nobody that was <laughs> was uh, was coming in. So he was probably a man. But um, I mean, honestly, that first year, I, I actually said it to Coach the other day. I was, we were it was 
we were talking about something completely different, but um, I was talking to coach about my first couple of years, and I remember what coach had told me that if I wanted to play in my first couple of years, that I had to play defense and I had to sprint to the corner and shoot threes when I was open. And um, obviously, AJ knew that, Alex knew that, and so he, like, he was kind of, I guess, the beginning of me kind of not changing my shot but becoming a NBA caliber three point shooter. And we. We are. We. we I, I probably again probably annoyed him because I wanted to shoot every day before or after practice or whatever it was. And um, yeah, that's where I, I first started kind of shooting. So um, he obviously helped me that first year to, even though I didn't shoot much, get build my confidence to shoot in the NBA, and then obviously to build on to where I am now. So um, yeah, I mean, I think he would be if he was to take the job or get the job. I think he would do a hell of a job. I think he. Being here too, being with Quinn and, and the, the, the stuff that they all do as a group, but the, the, the input that he puts in, I think he would he would know how to... He'd be walking into a job very confident and comfortable with, with how he wants to play and what he wanted to do. And um, obviously a very, very different style of, of game and all that, but um, him obviously playing in, in college, I'm sure he still watches it. He's coached in the G League, um, and did a really good job there. So I think you'd be very comfortable and, and obviously confident to to walk into that job and um, and be confident he's going to do well. So speaking of shooting, Joe, they said you had the best three-game stretch of three-point shooting, 18 of 22. What the freak, Joe, did you think, man? I am going to Vegas. I'm so hot. I can't lose or miss. <laughs> I was- I don't know what I was thinking. I was just playing basketball. And then I I said to Renee a couple of days ago, I said, there's been way too much talk about this and people are talking about this 50% and all this junk. I said, watch me stink it up for the next week or two now because everyone's... <laughs> and look what happened. I stunk it up. So oh, yeah. everyone just shut up and worry about your own lives and leave me alone <laughs> and... Talk about Donovan and Rudy. They get paid bloody $200 million. So go talk about them. Leave me, leave me alone. I thought you were going to swear there, Joe. Leave me the bleep I, alone. I, you edited yourself. I, I did. I thought so. I, uh, I held myself quite very well, man. Uh, so the funny thing is, I think there are other, you don't want people talking about you. I think there are other people who don't want you talking to them. I couldn't help but notice when you were uh, knocking down four in a row to start the Chicago game, you had a little something to say to the Bulls bench. Did you start that or were they actually chirping at you? Cause I wouldn't chirp at you if I were them. I would pick on somebody else. How did that get going? <laughs> no, I actually, um, I'd gone up to Billy at some point of their game um, after a timeout and just said congrats on the new job and I'd made a three up to that point and he he, asked, he commented something about the shooting or whatever or shooting well and I said to him I'd right now I'd rather take a, I'd take a three over a layup at the moment at this point of how I'm feeling um, and not long after that um, I saw the ball coming right in front of their bench and knew I was obviously going to shoot it and um, I just knew at the, at the point of the game, I think they called a timeout right after that, and it was right at the point where I was like, if I make this, they're going to call a timeout. And, um, so it was that, I, I think I just kind of looked at him. It was nothing uh, malicious or anything, but we joked a couple of times about it and stuff like that. And, um, 
he's he's laughed or something about them not wanting to give me threes, and I had four in like the first <laughs> few minutes I was out there. So um, no, it was all it was all good. I like uh, I think Billy's a, a good coach. He's he's done well with the teams he's had, and um, yeah, it was all it was all good. Fun and games. Well, Jazz fans are up for more fun and games, and we'll make a mental note to talk about the guys who make $200 million. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, Joe, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Go shoot 81% from three again. Oh, I just broke the rule. <laughs> Doggone it. I'm not very good at this game. All right, there's Joe Ingles. A weekly visit with him. Uh, coming up, we got to talk... We got to talk more about the uh, the Utes and Alex Jensen, Joe, kind of his perspective because he worked out with Alex for a year. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. DJ and PK, a reminder: the Joe Ingles Show has been brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. The Utes, Alex Jensen. That's next. Stay with us.